Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's the best friends forever. Did we just become best friends? Yup. Best friends forever. Fantasy best friends forever. Hour number two, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Frank Stample, Greg Sussman, join now for the first time in like a week. It's the closer, Chris Venture. What's up, Chris? It's been a while. It's been a while. What's up, guys? How you doing? It's your boy, the closer, Chris Venture here. Uh, and last week, you talked about Fabageddon. It's not or, a thing. We did not talk about Fabageddon. Oh, uh, you it's did. Fa- it's called Fab- Fabulosa. Fabaganza. Fabaganza. No, no, not, not a thing. Fabulosa. Fabnado. It's Fabulosa. Fabnado. Nope. Fabulosa. <laughs> Fabnado 6. Um, I, that happened for me like a month ago. Yeah, Avengers like got no, no fab left. Yeah. He doesn't believe in it. Yeah, you gotta I, get your I like to spend it early. Who did you end up getting because of that? Because you spent early. So that, that was my, my biggest team, which <laughs> I'm, not, I'm two and five. But so I the fab didn't work. It didn't work, but my team's not bad on paper. Like, the guys that are in there are just not getting it done. That's some bad luck. Yeah. So, like, this is why I think I want to go to daily more. The weekly format, I had Paddock, Boyd, uh, Berrios, and Nola for two starts last week. All four of their first starts, they had under 10 points. All four of them. Yeah. So they just got shelled at the wrong time. I had Montas on the bench, pitched a gem. That's the problem. I like Daly so you can get all your guys in. Uh, I'm not doing good in the fantasy pit league either. That team's just bad. But my other team's five and two in two leagues, and I'm in second place in another. But it's just upsetting because my team's good because I picked up good guys. I got Soroka. I got, you know, a lot of good players. Um, and it's just not, it's just not working. It's just, it just doesn't culminate to a win for the whole week, each week that I'm doing it. I'm two and five now, but I think I can make a comeback. We'll have to get you back on track here eventually. Yeah, yeah, get me back on track. You talked about the pit league. Yep. Greg Sussman. Team coming alive a little bit here, Greggy. Finally. How about that? My team's not good. Also, this was a lock because two weeks ago, I faced Yang and we had big rivalry. Trying to figure, like, we've been talking smack to each other. He talks My team was just garbage that week. And I lose to him, and he was like in, I don't know, sixth or seventh place or whatever. And then last week, this past week, I faced the first team in Steve, and my team wakes up. So, what the hell? I would have rather had it the week before so I could beat Yang. That's fancy Talks baseball. back to him. That's fantasy Gosh, baseball. Gosh, man. Yeah. Uh, Take a win. Frank, I got your boy, though. Malik Smith on that team now. Malik Smith, let's go. Frank. What's up, Greg? We play each other this week. Oh, <laughs> easy nice. dub for me. Sure is. <laughs> But I have uh, two Thanks starters. For me. I got, oh, I got to set my lineup. Thanks for reminding me. Oh, man. I have two starters today, though. Oh, J.D. Martinez not in the lineup for the 1 o'clock game. Come on. I have two starters today. Yes. Including Patrick Carvin against you. Against the Mets. Oh, he's going to crush them. Hey, this is like the fifth time he's already played them this year, Greg. You know I picked up this morning, by the way? Who was that? Who's available on waivers? Hansel Robles. Dude, someone did it yesterday, and it wasn't Hansel Robles. Really? It was, it was Wandy Peralta. I was going to send it to you, but I was like, you guys probably don't care about Wandy Peralta. 
Who's Wandy Peralta? He is the he's yeah. a reliever for Not the Wiley. He's a left-handed. Okay, okay yeah, yeah, no, left-handed right. reliever. Right. So he gives up a bomb to straightaway center. I think it might have been to Cody Bellinger, lefty on lefty, and he goes he goes like this. Oh, catch it, catch it, and then it lands over the wall. <laughs> it was like, come on, man. So only one person could do that successfully, and yeah. that's Hansel Robles. Stop stealing his bit. Come Executed on. Executed poorly by Wandy. <laughs> Wandy giving up dingers to Cody Bellinger. How was your weekend, Chris? It was good. I yeah. went to Long Island, visited a friend who just had a kid uh, four months ago. Nice. So, you know, did a lot of things. I didn't get to catch a ton of baseball over the weekend, though, because I was out. But, um, you know, that's the way of the world. What am I going to do? It is the way of the world. When it comes to baseball, I want to start uh, with the Los Angeles Dodgers from yesterday. That's where we'll begin today's uh, recap portion of the program. And we'll begin... With Hyunjun Ryu, who I believe is now to 32 consecutive scoreless innings. Last night, seven innings, five hits, five Ks. He walked one. He has been tremendous. The ERA for Ryu sits at 1.52. I recognize he's facing the Reds, but Frank, he's really coming to his own. It's all about health now. We know how effective he is. Yeah, it's exactly right. And he's been really good, even going back to the second half of last year and not really doing anything drastically different with his uh, pitching arsenal this year. But the results, they're just there. I mean, almost a strikeout per inning. It's the command, really. It's the fact that he's not walking anybody. He is 0.61 walks per nine. And he really started to fix that problem last year when he, he averaged just 1.6 walks per nine in 2017. That was over three. So this is something that he's progressively gotten better at. And I think the fact that he's shown good command in terms of not walking batters, he also is showing good command in terms of where he is putting pitches, and which is obviously putting him in position to be the best possible pitcher that he can be and gets good run support with the Dodgers. So he's now 6-1. and one. Uh, The left on base percentage right now, the strand rate is 95%. Even last year was 85%, which is also higher than league average. But... He's someone who's over the past three years, has been really good at pitching with runners on base. So that's going to come down a little bit. He's not going to have a sub-two ERA. But, Greg, if you drafted this guy after the you know, first 40 starting pitchers, you're, you're reaping massive benefits right now. I mean, he's pitching like a top 15 starting pitcher right now. I don't know if he'll keep that up, but you know, I, I, I'd be willing to put him inside the top 30 right now, top 25. With the way I, he's pitching. I trust him as like a high-end SP3, maybe even low-end SP2 you right trust now. him? Absolutely. I, mean, I don't trust him to stay healthy. That's the thing, yeah. But when he's on the mound, I think he's going to be really damn good, Bencher. Yeah, and he always pretty much has been. I mean, anytime he pitches, you're getting a good game out of him. Uh, that's been throughout his whole career, really. And it's just about the health. But obviously, you're not going to get this good the whole season. This is lights out, like, you know, elite. And he will falter here and there at some points. But you know what you're going to get. And for the most part, he's going to be consistent. He's going to get it done. Uh, low walk rate, good whip. You just got to worry, you know, is he going to get hurt? And the answer is probably yes <laughs> at so some point. Do you try we already s- did this year. Do you try and sell him just based on that injury risk? With this type of elite production, I might. Because you could probably get something good. What, that's always the question. What can you get for him? Right. Right? I, I, I don't know. The name we always go back to, that's where I'll start, right? Jack, Jack Flaherty. Flaherty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who'd you rather have, Henry Ryan or Jack Flaherty? I'd rather have Flaherty. It's hard to argue with the production of Ryu, though, man. Right? I'm looking at my home league right now. It's a points league. He's the SP3 overall. He's SP3. Yeah. It's hard to argue with that type of production. Even as much as I love Jack Flaherty, man. He hasn't been... I think in a Roto League, I would probably stick with Ryu, Greg, because that goes back to quality, greater sign quantity. Right. 
So in a Roto League, I don't really care if you give me 200 innings. If you give me 150 innings of like really, really elite production, that's almost more valuable than a guy who gives you 200 innings pitched of you know, maybe a mid-threes ERA. But if this guy's going to give you a sub-three ERA, really good whip, a strikeout per inning for 150 innings, in Roto, I think I would probably just stick with Ryu. Yeah, yeah I would go with Ryu as well. I, listen, and I don't know how he'll continue to do what he's doing or for how long because he'll be hurt. But you pointed out, it's not just a month now or two months. It was towards the end of last year as well. Mm-hmm. He's coming to his own at 32 years old. He wasn't always this guy. Things have changed, and obviously very much for the better, uh, for Los Angeles and for Hyunjin Ryu, uh, who seven, pitches, seven innings, 88 pitches yesterday. It, it's ridiculous. It's like super efficient, too, yeah. the way he's doing it. Because he's not I understand walking. it's against the Reds, but I mean, the guy's been doing it all season long. He's made nine starts. They haven't all been against the Reds, and he's still has a one five two ERA. Yeah. The underlying number is 2.6 FIP, 2.69 XFIP, 3.00 Sierra. But everything is sub three. Yeah. So he's still really damn good. Even if, even if he regresses a little bit, we should still expect a sub three ERA when he's on the map. Yeah. Which is just crazy to say. He's averaging the most points uh, for p- starting pitchers in my league right now. Uh, but so, well, Clevenger was, but, you know, obviously he's gone. Um, I don't know. I mean, listen, that's the question, though. Like, Flaherty. Yeah, you're right. This season, I, in, a, in a Roto League, I'd rather have Ryu because the production has been consistently good. And even if he doesn't go, full, you know, a quality start, he's still getting you a good start. You know, he's still getting a low whip for you. The thing is, in a Keepers League, I'd rather have Flaherty, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Like, I because you know, eventually he's going to figure it out. Flaherty's still going through some growing pains and stuff. He's still a young guy. I, I think Flaherty will be just fine. Yeah, I do too. Look, quality start yesterday in a, in a tough spot to pitch in too in Texas. So, building some confidence there, Greggy. Mm-hmm. Nick Senzel stole his what fifth base of the year yesterday. You like to see that from Nick Senzel? That's fantastic. Um, I wanted to quickly mention Tanner Roark because he's ugly. He's he's your kind of player, Frank. He's an old, ugly veteran. But <laughs> why are you calling the guy ugly? ugly? Come on, it's not fair. I don't mean his how he looks. I don't mean <laughs> like the way he pitches. I know. Yes, I know. Yes. Yeah. Five innings, only two hits, did walk three, struck out seven, but allowed two runs against the Dodgers, best team in baseball. So his ERA, only 87 pitches through those five innings, his ERA sits at 3.51. He is allowed three runs or less in every start except one. He does not go deep into games. He has not gone longer than six innings in any single game this season, and he only went six innings twice. I'm sorry, longer than six and two-thirds innings. He hasn't gone longer than six innings, though, more than twice. Mm-hmm. That's it. You interested? Not really. The underlying numbers are just not great here when it comes to Tanner Roark. He's got a uh, career high in strikeouts right now, 8.77 Ks per nine, but his swinging strike rate is actually lower than it was last year. Last year, he was at 8.4%, which was already below league average, and this year, it's 8.2%, so that... Leads me to believe that these strikeouts this year are a little bit fluky. Uh, He's also walking more batters than ever before. uh, 4.03 walks per nine. And he hasn't given up home runs yet. And that's why you see the XFIP at 4.59 because they're going to come eventually. He pitches in Cincinnati, Great American Small Park. uh, And he gives up a lot of hard contact. 39% hard contact right now. Uh, His chase rate is down this year. His first pitch strike percentage. I think he's been a little bit fortunate. He... He's a guy that should be owned, obviously, in NL only, maybe 15 teamers. Um, but anything shallower than that, like in my 
standard 12-team home league. I'm not picking him up. Venture, are you picking him up? No, but I might stream him, you know, here and there. Like yeah, for it's zero just tough dollar because pickle. it's in the National League Central, which is a tough right. division. Like, you're going to get the Brewers, you're going to get the Cardinals, the Cubs, and you pitch in Great American Ballpark. So, right. it's just... It's a it's, tough situation. It's tough overall for Tanner Roark. Right. As good as he's been, I, I just think it's a little bit fluky. Yeah, I, I agree with you in the sense that, you know, three five one. this is like the lowest I feel like his ERA really could be. You know, you're getting his, his best right now. And he still gives up a lot of hits. 51 innings, 50 hits. Um, 50 he, strikeouts, though, which you do like. But I don't know. I, like, I, I, you're right. I think eventually he's going to have some blow-ups. He's not going to keep it like this. But he is a pretty good pitcher. I mean, he's not a bad pitcher. It's just that you got to get him in the right spot. So you'd want to pick him up in a two-star stream against San Francisco and, and San Diego or something, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. like That's how you're going to play it. You're not going to hold him on your roster and throw him in for a one start. Because at any point, he, even if he does have a good start, he might not have a lot of Ks or he might have a lot of walks. And then you're like, all right, so you only got like 15 points out of that. It's not worth it. You know, there's better guys out there. I agree with you. 15 teamers, I think he should be on, though. Yeah, in the right situations, right? Like, kind of reminds me of another veteran. I know you hate him, Greg, but like Jeff Samarja. Like, in the right spot, he pitches in San Francisco, two-star week. Like, something like that, yeah, I could see getting behind. So, you pick and choose your spots with Tanner Roark, but I would say in my standard 12-team league, um, I'm not really that enthusiastic yeah. about him. Look at the whip. The whip is 1.42, and the ERA is 3.5. So, normally those things are correlated. Based on a 1.42 whip... His ERA should probably be over four. So, and his, you see a whip that high, you, you think he's been a little bit lucky so far. Right, and in his career, you know, his ERA is pretty much around four. Like, I mean, well, it's three five nine for his career, but that's because of earlier seasons when he was really good. But his past two years, he's been 4.34 or higher. 4.67, yeah, yeah, right, so... You know what he is. He's a four ERA pitcher. He's not a bad pitcher, though, to have. Just know, wanted to ask about it, given the old veteran status that you like to talk about, Frank. I, I don't like this picture that you painted of me. Yeah, you're a veteran guy. You like veterans. <laughs> is that true? You're actually the veteran of the show. I am. Yeah. For sure. But when it comes to liking old guys... That, you that, like that's veterans, him. though. I thought you were the veteran. No, no, that's him. You love, you know, like, Daniel Murphy and Justin yeah. Turner. Right, they're... they're yeah, older. Sure. They're older. They're veterans, yeah. But what about like Jordan Zimmerman, Homer Bailey? Oh, yeah. Well, you talk me into those, Craig. <laughs> Jordan Zimmerman. <laughs> <laughs> there was one. Who was the guy last week that I had to sit here and yell at you Andrew about? Andrew Kashner. Venture wasn't here. Kashner. We were talking major crap about him earlier in the season. I started him in the league last week, and he had a quality start against the Yankees. Six innings, two runs. Eh, it's not I mean, bad. So he started, so he had a double start this week, including tonight against the Yankees. He is in that lineup. He is. It's a 15-teamer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm desperate. I lost Paxton. I lost Evaldi. I'm That's desperate. understandable. Yeah. Hard. I, it's it's hard in a 15-teamer, man. Uh, but I would advise everyone, don't use just, Andrew Cassier this week. Yeah. Don't do what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm, I'm just really desperate. Do as I say, not what I do. <laughs> Speaking of great performances, let's look at the Mets here, gentlemen, for a moment. Sandy Alcantara. Pitched 89 pitches in a complete game shutout. Two hits, one walk allowed. He struck out eight. In the pit league, I was between picking up as a streamer, Ronaldo Lopez or Sandy Alcantara. I was looking for like a quality start. Mm-hmm. Sandy Alcantara hasn't got a quality start in months. So like, I, I think that Ronaldo Lopez, Lopez... Who gave you a quality start? Who gave you a quality start? Yeah. He was good. But Alcantara was amazing. Yeah. Yes, he was. Face the Mets now. Noah Syndergaard was also like fine. He only struck out three. Mets got Let's go, the Mets! They What's got swept by the Miami Marlins. They had three hits in back-to-back games total. Three hits! What's wrong Two with this Two hits yesterday, and then on Saturday, I actually figured this out because I heard John Sterling talking about it during the, Yan- the Yankee game yesterday. He says, 
How about this, Susan? The Mets had a leadoff double from Jeff McNeil on Saturday. <laughs> they didn't get another hit the entire game. <laughs> how about that? How, you know, how does that work out? That's crazy. Why right? does John Sterling and Tony Sincata have the same laugh? I don't know. I feel like he's like kind of like somewhere there and, and sounding like that. But yeah, look, Sandy Alcantara was great yesterday. I think you could just stream him every time he faces the Mets, Craig. It seems like even going back to last year, he owned the Mets. But a great game for him overall. Two hits, shutout. Eight, eight strikeouts, 19 swinging strikes on 89 pitches. He had nine ground ball outs as, as well yesterday. What I really like is the fact that he only walked one venture. Because yeah. for Sandy Alcantara, I think he's talented. But as we say about a lot of young pitchers, and you know, it, it's funny you bring up Ronaldo Lopez. They actually kind of remind, remind me of each other. Is that Sandy Alcantara throws really hard and he has good stuff. But I think a lot of the time he just doesn't know where it's going. So yeah. for me, the most imp- impressive part for him was just one walk yesterday, nine innings pitched. Yeah, absolute gem. And it was against the Mets who have been cold as ice. But, I mean, you're not picking this guy. Like, we're not. I mean, he picked deeper him up for leagues, a stream. Deeper Maybe. leagues, like, I, I could get behind. Look, he pitches in Marlins Park. On. So, yeah. Look, it's tough. The wins I get aren't it. It's tough, like, tough division. You don't want to use him against the Nationals or the Phillies, yeah. obviously. I think... Similarly to Tanner Roark, I think you pick and choose your spots with a guy like Alcantara, but I do think that he has more upside than a guy like Roark, too. The lesson to be learned is pitch your pitchers against the Mets. Yes. Use Spencer Turnbull this week because he faces <laughs> the Mets and the Marlins. Oh, man. Oh! <laughs> we'll be back next. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Frank Stample, Chris Ventura. I am Greg Sells. I'm taking a look at some of the performances over the weekend that Baird paying attention to. And I realized it was against the Orioles, but what Shane Bieber did yesterday, we have to talk about. Oh, Greggy. Because we all had the fever yesterday. 15 strikeouts for Shane Bieber over a complete game shutout for him as well. Five hits. He didn't walk anybody over his 107 pitches, Frank. Yeah, just absolutely phenomenal here. I was watching a lot of the start early on, and you could just tell. I think after these past couple of starts, he was upset at himself. His last start out, he allowed four home runs. He allowed five runs total. And we sat right here, and we said, no, maybe maybe this stuff just isn't that good. Maybe this stuff just, all right, well, I'm, I lied. I'm sorry. I'm sorry again, Shane Bieber. 27 swinging strikes yesterday. 27 swinging strikes, 15 strikeouts, both career highs, going nine innings pitched. That was also a career high. Just had everything working. He had 12 swinging strikes on his slider alone and going up against the Orioles. And I know most people just see the Orioles and they just think, well, oh, they're terrible. Bad offense, yeah. But they actually don't strike out all that much against right-handed pitching. 21.9% strikeout rate, that's, that's middle of the pack. So this isn't like your Orioles team of years past where like, you know, they're in the top five in strikeout rate against right-handed pitching. They're in the middle of the pack and Shane Bieber went out there and just absolutely dominated. I really hope that this is a sign of things to come, Chris. Yeah, and I think it is. Um, I, I, the stuff is there. I think it goes back to what we were saying at the beginning. He just pitches too much in the zone. 
I mean, he still doesn't walk anybody, and that's the thing. Like, I feel like he needs to just be a little bit more, you know, go for it with his stuff and really wing it. You know what I mean? Don't be worried about always throwing strikes. He's got the stuff to be an elite starter. He's still trying to harness it, and right here he showed what he could do. 15 strikeouts, ridiculous. No walks, too. Again, I mean... And he's going to do this against a lot of, you know, bad offensive teams. Even if they don't strike out, he's got that type of stuff. So whoever's got Bieber, you know, don't, you don't have to worry anymore. And, and the fastball velo was up a little bit yesterday, too. He was sitting like 94. He was consistently hitting 95 as well. So fastball velo was up. I'm looking at his slider velocity for the season, up about a mile per hour as well, using that slider a little bit more this year. So I, I think this is something that he could build off. If you look at the underlying numbers, they're still really good. They, they have been. I mean, 13.7% swinging strike rate, much higher than league average. His O swing, his chase rate is higher this year as well. I would like to see him get more ground balls. I think that's why he's been hurt a little bit by home runs, that he's been giving up a, a few too many fly balls. But overall, 3.22 ERA, 3.73 uh, FIP, and then 3.42 XFIP. So he's right in that range. Everything kind of like right in that, you know, mid threes. Uh, 3.28 Sierra as well. Skill interactive ERA. So everything's right there for so, him. So you're saying we should start Bieber for one against at home against Tampa Bay this week? Yes. In, in most senses, I would. Yeah. Yes. I didn't use him in one of my home leagues just because I had so many two-star pitchers. That's like I had thing, Turnbull yeah. for like the Mets and the Marlins, and I wanted to get him in there. And I, I just traded for Zach Wheeler. I was telling you guys during the break. I traded Jack, Giancarlo Stanton away for Zach Wheeler. With the caveat that it's keeper league and Zach Wheeler is a, a 21st round keeper. So, uh, and then I, the one that I was most shaky about is I have you Darvish in my lineup for a two star week instead of Shane. <laughs> so I was like really on the fence with that one. But I was like, again, it's, you know, you Darvish coming off his best start of the season, 11 Ooh, strikeouts. Yeah. And if you don't use the, him in a two star week, you shouldn't have him. When are you going to use him? Right. He is going up against Philly tonight, which I don't love, but his second start is against Cincinnati which is the team that he had the 11 strikeouts against. So Yeah. He's been pitching better, but he doesn't go deep at all. Because he, wa- he normally walks too many guys. Yeah. That last start out, he, he didn't walk anybody. And I remember mm. you gave a bunch of great stats, Greg, about how he had all these three-ball counts, but yeah. uh, he didn't walk anybody on those three-ball counts, obviously. And, and he uses cutter more, which lets him more strikeouts. So hoping that he can build off that, man. This, this, this might be the last go-around. Like, if you Darvish gives me negative points in, like, a two-start week, I, I might cut him. Cut? Yeah. Bold cut. Wow. I don't know. He's been no, so frustrating, man. I know, but he's still got, you know, the 11 Six walks Ks. against Miami two starts ago. I mean, I, just, I cannot forgive you for that. I that know. is unforgivable. That, that is. But, it, but it's forgivable when, it, you know, you have an 11 Ks, you know, start and you're dominating with no, no walks. Unforgivable. I, to hey, me, we had you in the lineup. Six walks against the Marlins. Unforgivable. That is bad. But that's what I think. I think Davish could turn that around, though, pretty easily. I mean, listen, he's got, he's got the stuff. You know, for Something's him, going on in his head. Yes, Since I think it's more mental. The Cubs, he just hasn't been the same pitcher. It's weird, right? And the walks are a big part of that. So, like, but you know, he's got that upside where he could give you an 11k, 10k start on any given start. And I just want that on my team, even if I'm stashing it for a while and I'm only pitching for two for two starts that are two good matchups. Like, I might hold him. It depends on what's out there too. You know, if there's someone in the waiver wire that you really like, sure. But like. I would hold him for the most part. Give him a little bit longer of a leash. Let me go to Boston, who are, of course, playing right now against Toronto. But yesterday, they played against the Astros, finally beat him 4-3. to three. Chris Sale had 10 strikeouts, but he walked five guys. Five and a third, three runs allowed, four hits. Uh, ultimately, Boston's win 
went to Marcus Walden, who is 6-0 and on the year out of the bullpen for Boston. He got picked up in your main event, Frank, I saw. Um, his ERA is 1.37. Matt Barnes got a hold. It was Brandon Workman getting the save. All three of those guys really. Yeah, I think if you're you're in like a saves plus holds leagues, or, or if you just guys. need like a reliever to it help your ratios, league. like Waldman, uh, Walden makes sense, and then Workman gets the save here too. Uh, it seems like they didn't want anything to do with Ryan Brazier, who's kind of going through a rough patch right now. But it's really frustrating that Matt Barnes again using the eighth inning. Like Brandon Workman for most of the season had been the setup guy. He had been the guy who's pitching the seventh, eighth inning, and then they still go with Matt Barnes here in the eighth instead of using him as the closer. Um, I mean, I would have to go back and see, like, maybe he faced tougher the tougher hitters in the eighth inning. Yeah, I mean, he faced, Matt Barnes faced Correa, Guriel, and Tyler White, and then Workman got Torinos, Reddick, Mariznick, and Tony Kemp. So they probably wanted Matt Barnes to face the, the tougher part of the order, and that's why he's using the eighth inning. Just The, the Boston bullpen has just been one of the most frustrating all season. Yeah, adventure. well, that's the thing. I was going to ask you, of all the teams in the league, I feel like a lot of teams are like this now, though. Like, for instance, Jose Alvarado. The guy's been lights out all season, except for recently against the Yankees. He got tattooed for three runs. But other than that, the guy's been amazing. And he hasn't been getting saves till recently. Like, he was used as a, as a setup for the most part. I know, he, you know, he's lefty and everything yeah. like that. But, like, you know, he used to be the closer's the closer. That's it. You know I'm very well. Yeah. You are the, close. the closer. The Junior varsity the closer. That's it. There's no closer by committee if you have a dominant closer like Alvarado could be. And the way Matt Barnes is pitching should be the closer, the, the go-to closer every time, unless he's pitched two or three games in a row and you want to rest him, whatever, fine. But, like, th- there's no consistency with a lot of these pitchers out but there. We, right we talked about this when I got in the fight with Frank. Well, a while back? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I mean, that's, that's why but there's Too no many teams are doing this. Well, no. That's because it's smart. You have your best reliever face the best players. It's, it's not, very simple, it's not smart but it kills fa- it kills fantasy. Not smart for us, of course. But they don't give a crap about us. <laughs> how would you have felt if That's you were told to be you were the closer, and then the next day you pitched the sixth inning? You pitched the sixth inning against the best hitters. The bases loaded. How would I feel? Yeah, I, I'd be like, "Why are we doing this? You're the closer. I'm the closer. You, the bases are loaded. You're facing the best players in the other team. You would say, I'm the closer. I don't want to pitch right now.' Yeah." Well, that's why you got cut. <laughs> I get cut. <laughs> I get cut immediately. No, but that's why then fantasy needs to be safe plus holds if this is the direction everybody's going. I agree. It has to be. There's no way around it. One name that you didn't mention that, pit, that didn't pitch yesterday for Boston that was involved in the saves plus hold was Ryan Brazier, who has not gotten a save or a hold in each of his last three appearances for Boston. He's only allowed one run in that time, but there's been base runners on base quite a bit. Should fantasy owners cut bait with Ryan Brazier? Has Brandon Workman surpassed him? Uh, has Marcus Walden surpassed him? Has Matt, Bar- Matt Barnes is, is kind of a compliment to him. Uh, should fantasy owners cut Ryan Brazier? I think we have to be a little bit more patient here, Greg, uh, especially in Roto Leagues, because would it surprise you if he came out this week and got like two, three saves? Like, it wouldn't surprise me personally. And I know he hasn't pitched well recently, and you know he's got a 3.38 ERA. His underlying number is not good. He's got a 5.47 XFIP. I was actually searching his name on Twitter yesterday to see if they said before the game that he was unavailable or anything, and I saw a lot of Red Sox fans actually tweeting, like, please do not bring in Ryan Brazier. So that tells you <laughs> the level of trust that they have in Ryan Brazier right now, and I think you're starting to see that um, in Alex Cora as well and the Red Sox overall. So in Roto Leagues where saves are so hard to come by, I wouldn't cut bait on him yet if you're playing, like, a head-to-head points league, and you just need two relievers. Uh, yeah. I mean, he probably wouldn't have been out on my roster for like the past couple of weeks anyway. So in a league like that, 
I'm all right, but anywhere where saves is a category, head-to-head categories or roto, I would probably hold him the next week or two to see if he gets any more save opportunities. And if it turns out that he's out of the pecking order now and it's it's Workman and it's Matt Barnes, and I think you're all right to drop. But I would still hold on to him for now, Greg. Okay, holding on to Ryan Brazier uh, just for now, uh, says Frank Sample. In this game uh, yesterday, we, we kind of all are on this Kyle Tucker, uh, Jordan Alvarez watches. Alvarez hits another home run yesterday, but one for three is everyone went down. Um, yeah, we're kind of just waiting. Mookie Betts had a nice day. He was three for four with three runs scored. Michael Chavis let off yesterday. That was cool. Uh, two for four was Andrew Bogarts being two for four uh, as, as well. Springer getting hurt. Yeah, over made, three. That's right. Over three. Had three strikeouts. Got pulled to the lower back injury yep. yesterday. Is that uh, the Tucker opportunity? Yeah, that's what we were just talking about in the first it, hour, asking it, uh, Modiga If he about goes it. on the IL, I think the answer is yes. I think it would be Tucker, too. And I tweeted that out yesterday, Venture, and I got some backlash. Everyone's saying, well, it has to be Jordan Alvarez. He's not a good outfielder. Right. They've been using him at first base. He projects more as like a first baseman or a designated hitter. Maybe a corner outfielder, but... I think that the Astros care a little bit more about defense than other teams have showed, like, you know, the Brewers, for example, that, you know, they'll sacrifice defense in order to get more offense in their lineup. But, like, Josh Reddick isn't going anywhere. This is a guy, like, he's hitting 333 with an Mm -hmm. 860 OPS. He had two more hits yesterday. Like, as much as we want your Don Alvarez, Josh Reddick is not going anywhere. So that's why, like, we kind of have this issue with, all right, well, we want Kyle Tucker, too. There's not enough spots. And, you know, they haven't got great production at a first base this year with Tyler White and using Yuli Gurriel there. Uh, so I think that would be the opening for Alvarez. Right. And I think it shows because they've been using him at first base in the minors that that's kind of their, tra- uh, their, their train of thought right now as right. well. But, like, Josh Reddick isn't going anywhere, Venture. No. He's performing. So why, he's would, a veteran. why would he lose his job? It just doesn't make sense. Right. And, and he's a veteran that could you know, be big in the playoffs come time. Like, listen, this is the Houston Astros. They're 31-16. and 16. Uh, they're winning games. They're one of the best teams in baseball, if not the best. And why would they rush something that they don't have to? You know yeah. what I mean? Let the kid develop. Let him get reps at first. You know, us as fantasy owners, we want these young guys coming up and we want to grab them on a team as soon as possible. But it's just not the way baseball works. We talked about this just with the relievers, too. So, I mean, you got to wait. You got to wait. I mean, Tucker, though, once it does happen, you want to be on top of it quick. Because it could happen. I would start stashing him now. Yeah. Oh, and, and I, you know, something else I would throw out there, too, Greg, was I wrote about this on my Patreon just earlier today. I said, um, stash Mitch Keller now, because there was a tweet yesterday yep. uh, from MLB Pipeline that said uh, that he got scratched from his scheduled start um, and that the starter for the Pirates Wednesday is TBD, to be determined. And I brought this up last week when Trevor Williams got hurt, and they've obviously had the injuries to Jameson Tayo and Archer just came back, but... They're running out of bodies, Greg. So I would say if you're in need of pitching in, in deeper leagues, I think now is the time to stash Mitch Keller. You stashing him anywhere? Uh, yeah, I could stash him pitly against you. No, <laughs> I, I mean, just I, I think it's, um, I think it's you know, you kind of get ahead of the pack, Greg, before, before, other, before he comes I up and listen, you got to spend all this fab. I think I, now is probably the time to, to stash I Mitch Keller. I don't disagree. I think this is the move before they potentially announce him as a starter. You're a great point, Frank. You looked into it. Uh, scratch his last start, TBD on Wednesday for uh, in Pittsburgh. I agree with you, Frank. I think it's worth it. Yeah, I, I still, me personally, I think that he needs more seasoning. I look at his minor league numbers and he's got like a 3-7 ERA and his whip is like 1.5 because he still struggles with walks. So I think he needs more seasoning, but uh, there's no denying that the stuff is there and he is their top prospect. 
he's not just their top pitching prospect. He's their top prospect overall in the Pirates organization. Right. So, and he's 23 years old. There is going to be some hype around him. Right. He's, t- you know, he's 23 years old. It's, a, you know, it's about time that he comes up soon. You know what I mean? Uh, and you're right. Two, he's got a 273 batting average against. He has a 1-5 whip. So he's given up hits and walks. He's got the Ks up, but you know the talent's there. I guess he should be seasoned a little more, but you're right. This is someone you got to stash, uh, especially keep his league. He should already be owned a yeah, while ago. Yeah, yep. no, no doubt about it. That's Keller. We'll see if he does get a call uh, for Pittsburgh later this week. Now's the time to jump on it uh, so you don't have to spend all that fab to go out and get him. Yesterday for Pittsburgh, they defeated San Diego 6-4. Uh, to four. Joe Musgrove went six and a third, four hits, four runs, three of them were earned. He struck out four. Cal Quantrill got bombed in his five innings, allowing five runs, eight hits, only walked two, but also only struck out two. Felipe Vasquez struck out the side for his 13th save, Frankie. Yeah, Joe Musgrove, look, bounce back performances here. You needed to see this from him based on the way that uh, things had been going for him recently. His, the one big blow against him was a three-run homer off of the bat of Hunter Renfro that he just left a hanging slider up in the zone. But, you know, since that eight-earned run performance where he just got absolutely blown up against the Cardinals and people were asking, should we drop Joe Musgrove? Uh, he's gone 13 and one-third inning pitch and has only allowed three earned runs total during that span. So And only three walks. That's obviously a big key for him. Uh, in that start against the Cardinals, he was just super wild. He had, he had five walks. That was a career high for him. So it's good to see that he bounces back uh, these past two starts, not walking many guys, not getting a ton of strikeouts either. But I don't think we really expect all no, that yeah. strikeouts from him anyway. That's not going to happen anyway. Yeah. yeah. This start looks like a, a typical Joe Musgrove start. Quality start. Yeah. It's quality. Yeah. He gives you a quality start. He's not going to K a ton of people. Kind of. He'll have a walk or two and, you know, he'll give up a couple of runs. That's what he does. Uh, it, you know, when he's on and you want that consistency, though. That's the thing. Um, and just to say, don't look now, the Pirates are 24 and 20. Josh Bell for MVP. That's what I'm going to say. Josh Bell He's for like MVP. the four, I mean, He's right, a top how, five how, hitter in baseball right now. Right now? <laughs> I, I laugh, but, right I, but I can't. 333, he's got the 400 OBP. He leads all baseball in RBIs. Right? He's got 14 homers, those 44 ribbies. Like, I was with someone on Saturday who said... Over 30 runs scored. I was with yeah. someone on Saturday On a bad said, team. They're not really a good Josh Bell protection. has 14 home runs? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, dude. I mean, this guy hits a home run every day. And, like, long shots. Like, bombs. Yeah, he's hitting bombs. So, you know, shout out, shout out to Josh Bell, who, who made, that, made that adjustment. He is he's tied with Cody Bellinger for the league lead in RBIs with 44. He made that adjustment where he needed to, you know, raise his launch angle a little bit more, hit more line drives, hit more home runs, and, God, it's paying off. I mean, this is a big dude. He's a strong yeah. dude. So, we've been begging him to do this for, for a couple of years now, and... Man, he's finally doing it and yeah. doing it quite successfully. I, I wonder what uh, you don't have to look it up now, but like at some point, I want to look up uh, what the change in his launch angle approaches and everything like that. Yeah, so. I, I spoke about this a little bit last week. It's not, it's not massive. It's not a massive change, but last year he was uh, nine point two average launch angle. This year it's ten point six. It's not that big, yeah. So it's not massive, but. Look at the average exit velocity. I mean, he's just seeing the ball better right. this year. I mean, it's must, it must look like a beach ball for him when it's coming at the plate because mm-hmm. last year, 90 miles per hour average exit velocity, which was already pretty good. This year, 95.8. 95.8. That is the best in baseball. Boom. That is the 100th percentile Josh Bell average exit velocity. When we come back, your BFF, best pick of the night. Frank and I will have that for you and let you know where you should put your money next. 
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. With you here on BFFs. It's Frank Stample, Greg Sussman here, the BFFs pick of the night around the MLB. We go. It's a shorter slate given that it's a Monday night. But Frankie, there's a clear answer to the best pick of the night. And, and I don't know that you have it. You might. I might. To me, there, to me, there's a clear answer. Where are you going first tonight? Yeah, so I'm looking at my guy, Mike Soroka, and the it. Atlanta Braves going up against the San Francisco Giants tonight. I understand that the game is in San Francisco. It's in Oracle Park. The Braves are on the road here, but Mike Soroka, Greg, with a 0.98 ERA on the season and going up against the San Francisco Giants, a team that, frankly, does not have one of the stronger lineups in the league and going up against Andrew Suarez, who's making his first start, you're getting the Braves tonight at minus 138. To me, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, so I, I really like the Braves tonight for all the reasons you mentioned. Soroka, uh, given what he's done this season since getting called up, Suarez making his first start of, of the season. The fact that it's only minus 138, I get it. It's in Oracle. But I think it's a great number. I, I love Soroka tonight. But I don't know that that's the answer. I know you had one other bet that you liked. What is it? It is the Minnesota Twins at plus 108. So you're close. You're getting plus money You're getting close. Going up against the Los Angeles Angels. They're going with the opener tonight. Felix Pena will be the one that follows them. And he has pitched well this season. So has Jake Odorizzi. I'm just going to side with the Minnesota Twins here because their offense has just been phenomenal recently. Over the past week, they've done something like score 56 runs. They had an 18-run game over the weekend, Greg. So Odorizzi has pitched well. Their lineup is hot, and you're getting them at plus money. I like the Twins to win this game tonight, plus 108. So that's why you're right, because it's plus 108, and you're like, what? The Twins are one of the hottest teams in baseball when it comes to their lineup. Why are you getting them at plus money against an Angels team that's, well, just not? I don't know. That's why I like the Twins. That's why I say you're getting closer. But the bet that you need to make is the total in this game. So the total is nine. If you look at what J.K. Odorizzi has done over his last, I don't know, entire season, he hasn't allowed more than four runs ever. He allowed four runs one time. And in his last five starts, he hasn't allowed more than three. Three consecutive starts where he allowed none. None. So then you go to the Angels. You're like, all right, what has Felix Pena done? So Felix Pena, again, has only allowed four runs or more one time. And that was way back in his first start of the season in March. We don't care that he's not the starter. He is an opener. That's fine. He's pitching the majority of the innings. He doesn't allow more than three runs either. You combine three plus three, and that's the most. You get six. The total's nine. You have plenty of room for error here. To me, it's easy. Get the under tonight between the Twins and the Angels. Good bet, Greg. I like it. Yeah, so there we go. We both like the Twins and the Angels. Uh, we both like the Twins. We both like the under. And if you like another start, the Braves and Soroka, that's the way to go. It's your BFF play of the day. We keep track of it each and every day. So good luck to you tonight.
Let's get back into what we were going over uh, before the break. We're taking a look at what happened this weekend. And we mentioned, Frank, just a moment ago that the Minnesota Twins were one of the hottest teams in baseball with that lineup, what they're doing. And yesterday they did fall to Seattle 7-4, to but the Bats still putting up runs. But they fell to a guy that you were talking about last week and that all of a sudden getting kind of hot. And that's you say Kikuchi for Seattle. Kikuchi, six runs, Six innings, rather. Five hits, three runs. Only one of them were earned. He walked two. He struck out six. Ventura, Kikuchi's here right now. Sits at 3.43. What do you think? Yeah, he's been, I, I think, pretty much what you wanted when you drafted him. Um, you got him at a decent price, and he's pitching pretty well overall. I mean, he's consistent lately. Uh, he doesn't, he's not, I don't think he'll ever be an elite pitcher by any means, though. Uh, I think he'll, he'll be good. I don't know. I don't know who to compare him to. I don't have anything, but like the consistency is what you want to see. Six innings, seven innings, every start, three runs or less. Uh, he gets, you know, anywhere from, you know, five, six Ks around the K per inning, solid across the board. So obviously you should be, you know, it's exactly what you wanted. I don't think you could ask for much more, right? Yeah, I agree with you 100%. You say Kikuchi, a guy that was gaining a lot of steam in the preseason in spring training. Uh, during draft season, frankly. And he's starting to live up to that now. Over his last four starts, Venture, this guy has not allowed more than three runs in any of those starts. He's given you a quality start in each of them. He's also given you some length. He's going deeper into starts as well. His past two specifically, he's given you six innings pitched. The two before that, seven and two-thirds against the Yankees. That was the uh, Pine Tower game, by the way. Yep. And then <laughs> the start before that against the Indians, it was seven innings pitched. During that time, a 2.03 ERA, 3.55 FIP, 24 strikeouts and 26 and two-thirds innings pitch. Only six walks during that time as well. You say Kikuchi. I'm in around here, Greggy. Yeah, Kikuchi's, Kikuchi's good, man. Like, I said this to you coming into the season. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you get annoyed that he's going to have those short outings where you had where Justin Sheffield pitched the majority yeah, of the game. He, he basically acts as the opener for one of the games, and I think it's going to happen, like, once every five starts. So you really got to pay attention. To, uh, like, if you play like, a points league, too, you cannot make the mistake of having Kikuchi in your lineup for the week where he only gives you the one inning pitch because that's just going to absolutely. Which crush is actually it. coming up because it's coming up soon, right? Yeah, it a- should be. Yeah. April twenty sixth was the last time he opened against uh, Texas. So it could be his next start. It might be this. Yeah. It might be this weekend. Yeah, it could be. It could be that next start for him. So keep an eye out on that. If you cause haven't set your lineup yet for this week, do keep an eye on that. Take, take a look at what the Mariners beat reporters are saying um, and, and where. Ultimately, they fall. Mariners now three games under 500, uh, despite the victory. Really cooled off. All of averages, Greggy. Yep. All right. Uh, Kyle Gibson yesterday for for Minnesota. Six innings, nine hits, four runs. I know people were pretty high uh, on Kyle Gibson. Didn't work out yesterday against Seattle. For the Mariners, though, Ed E. went deep for the 13th time this season. Mitch Hanniger went deep for the 12th. And Dan Vogelbach, I believe it's back-to-back days with home runs. Uh, His 13th home run of the year here. We got cold. If you didn't drop him, as Florio said, don't drop Dan Vogelbach yet. Wait, it worked out. Yeah, he's been one of these guys up and down, and I think that's exactly what he's going to be. You just look at his profile. He's a guy that's going to strike out a little bit at times, so that's gonna be, those are going to be the games where like he, you see him, he's going to be in a lull, he's going to slump a little bit, but he's got some pretty serious power potential, and we've seen that now. He's, he was hot early on, got really, really cold, and then now he's getting hot again. I believe he's hit like three or four home runs over the past week or so mm. for Seattle. Uh, and it's not like it's a great hitter's ballpark either, so that just lets you know how powerful he is because he can he can drive the ball regardless of where he is. And Edwin Encarnacion just 
doing more of the same. 255 batting average, that's fine. 13 home runs, uh, up to 33 ribbies, too. So these two just getting the, getting the job done here for the Seattle Mariners venture. Yeah, um, very streaky. The question is, would you rather have like him or, I know this guy's really cold, but Justin Smoke? With the pedigree. You gotta have Vogelbach at this point. Like, I don't really care about Justin Smoke's pedigree. I would definitely yeah, I, Vogelbach. I agree with that. It's not well. a big pedigree, to be honest. Exactly. Yeah. I would rather have Vogelbach. I'd rather have Vogelbach, yeah. I'd rather have Vogelbach at this point. He okay. does struggle mightily against left handed pitching, which could be frustrating for head to head points leagues. So he was dropped in one of my leagues, and I think I looked into picking him up, but I saw that the Mariners either faced two or three lefties this week, and I said, you know, he might actually sit out those games. He only has 21 at bats against lefties on the season. So it seems like those are the games where they, they sit him a little bit more and. You know, they have other players that they, they can get in there and they, they DH. He's hitting 282 with a 1,084 OPS against righties. 143 with a 709 OPS against lefties. So he's a guy that you, you might have to worry about with the splits. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to be careful in weekly leagues what week you're starting him too if you have him in weekly leagues because if he does get cold, it'll probably be for a little while. Great. Is it Tricky. safe to say that the Cubs traded away the wrong Schwarber brother? They kind of look like brothers. Maybe. They're both just like, you know, gargantuan humans that have beards. <laughs> they kind of look alike. If you look at them side by side, I think the Cubs might have uh, might have flubbed this one up, Ventra. You think so? If Vogelbach looks better than Schwarber, at least this year he does. Right now he does, yeah. Look, Schwarber hasn't been great for years. Years. Now. years. Right, but you know, Schwarber was like hugely touted when he first came up and was raking for the Cubs. So, you know, they had a lot of promise for this guy. He really fell off the map. He's got six homers. He's got 15 ribbies. And he is Dan Vogelbach almost has more home runs than Schwarber has RBIs. That's bad. (laughs) Yeah. That's bad. Uh, He is only 26 years old, though. Hey, I mean, I, I could see him t- uh, turn around. I'll take him on the eventually. Yankees. Yeah. The Yankees wanted him years ago for the Chapman trade. It ended up getting Glaber, which I'm fine with no, now. You're Work happy out with right. But yeah, you know yeah. what? If Kyle Swarber becomes a free agent and like, the Cubs are like, all right, we're going to let you go. Swing is pretty we much don't built need for a, Yankee Stadium. The so. thing is, we don't need another guy that can't play defense and can DH. Also, we have t- also 20 DHs on the team also, already. You don't. They, they don't, though. Well, now that the right team's Right now they don't. Now the they don't. Yeah. Well, look, look, they just had Kendrick Morales. He's hot, Greggy. It's hot, Morales. Oh, Kendrick. But if Stanton's back, the Yankees knew what they were doing. You would have to imagine Stanton probably DHs most of the time until, you know, Judge is back, too. I don't know that's true. Yeah. But, like, there's going to be a rotation. Fred Gardner's defense is obviously, like, he's going to play. But, like, can you make an argument that Stanton's a better defender than Clint Frazier? Maybe. I think he can. Maybe. Maybe. I probably would still trust Clint Frazier a little bit. I don't think I would. But, you know, he also has the shoulder thing. Like, let's (laughs) let's not mess with Giancarlo Stanton. Like, if he comes back, like, let's do everything in our power to keep him healthy, all right? Uh, By the way, we uh, Blue Jays and Red Sox now tied Luke Malley. First home run of the season. Off of David Price? Off of David Price. Actually, David Price's return today from the IL, so it's a two-star week. They actually, I was watching it, and they put up the Toronto lineup, and I'm like, how is this team even score runs? They're so well, most bad. of the time they don't. Yeah, that's why we stream our pitchers <laughs> against them. Like no, Vlad's Guerrero's getting hot though, guys. Oh, Vlad's Vlad, he's yeah. getting hot. Six home runs last week for Vlad. Did you <laughs> see a home run he hit yesterday off no. Kelvin Herrera? Monster. No. I mean, it was like it was way inside pitch, and he still managed to like pull his hands in enough to get it out. I, I mean, the, the guy is so impressive. The bat speed, yeah. And it was his first home run to left field. Think about that. All of his other home runs Oppo. have either gone to center or right field, which shows tremendous power. There has been a trade. 
In what sport? Major League Baseball. Oh, really? The Atlanta Braves have acquired one of Frankie's guys. <gasps> Uh-oh. Anthony Swarzak. Oh. And cash considerations from the Seattle Mariners in exchange for left-handed pitcher Jesse Biddle and right-handed Former pitcher, right-handed pitcher, Orodas Vizcaino. Wow. Wow. Scanu and Biddle. So he's going to be out for the year. Maybe the Mariners are kind of forward-thinking, thinking Next this year. guy's uh-huh. going to be our closer of the Next future. Year, yes. Who? Well, Greg, I'll throw this one back at you. Vizcaino? No. Swarzak. Any chance he gets save opportunities here? Or do you think, think he's... I think it's possible. I, I think it's possible. He's guy. I don't, I don't think he will just because Luke, jo- Luke Jackson has performed well thus far. Yeah, I mean, he might get in there. doesn't really have experience, yeah. but like right. Swarzak, I was touting him early on in the season. I picked him up for cheap in a few leagues. Yep. Um, and he converted a few saves, but since then, I mean, he's he's been terrible. Great. So Luke, ja- Luke is he Jackson better than Luke Jackson. I don't know. He's blown a couple recently, also, hasn't he? Luke Jackson? One. Okay. Maybe that's up, why uh, they got Swarzak. They want more of a veteran presence in the back of the bullpen. Maybe Luke Jackson because he's inexperienced. Me personally, right now, I feel Luke Jackson is the guy still, even with this acquisition of Swarzak. I think Swarzak is probably like a seventh, eighth inning guy. Yeah, I mean, he shouldn't be the closer right away. He has a five two seven ERA. Swarzak? Uh, yeah. Yes. He shouldn't be thrown into a club. He hasn't, right he hasn't been great since yeah, so. his first couple of uh, appearances. But, but you're saying Seattle, they're, they're looking for their closer of the future. In- I don't know the closer of the future, but I think they get rid of Swarzak's salary and Vizca Andrews is like a piece oh, of Vis- okay, yeah. okay. And, and Jesse Biddle was a former top prospect, and he's done some right. nice things out of the bullpen for them as like a long reliever. So so it's like a build of the bullpen for the future. Like, yeah. We're a young so. guy and you got a veteran. How yeah. old is this guy? And I feel like he's, he's a veteran. He's not old, that old. I'm going to say 30, 29. I would think he's... Yeah, I was going to say high 20, so he's 28 years old. So he's 28? You know, he might be able to be the closer for, like, next couple of years for them, if anything. Yeah, but the question is, is he even a good closer? Right. That's, That's the question. question. The Braves you have tried to replace him for years. Yeah. Right. I mean, I've been a Vizcaino guy. Hey, say what you want about him. Last year, 2.11 ERA. Saved 16 games. Pretty damn good, guys. Come on. But the rest of his career. 1.17 <laughs> whip. It's not, not bad. The year before that, 2.83 ERA. I think you guys are selling the roadies Vizcaino a little short. I do agree that it seems like the Braves have tried to replace him, but I don't think he's a bad pitcher. He's not bad, but I just don't know if he's a a, a quality closer for a whole season. You know what I mean? Well, he's better than anything else the Mariners are doing. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. And I <laughs> Rowanus Elias or whatever. And you know, cheap bid that um, Modica had in our league, and he said that he was going to bid on him last week. Hunter Strickland. Yes, right. Could be back soon. Could be back, I believe it's as early as like... Last week of May? Something like that. So we're getting close to the date. It might be like the 25th, 26th. Remember, he got placed on the 60-day IL uh, back in late March. So we're getting close to that you know, two-month time period here. And I think it's pretty likely that he ends up as the closer again, Greg. So if you need a closer, stash Hunter Strickland for now. Anything else from yesterday that you wanted to hit on, Frank, and make sure we got to? Um, Kesson here is first home run. Yeah, Kesson Hira hit a homer yesterday. Danny Duffy keeps getting it done, Greg. How about that? Another uh, another quality start here for him. Six innings pitched, one a run. I know you know I brought him up. You and Florio kind of laughed at me. It's oh, another, we did. another one of these veterans. I that love sucks, the Duff. But Danny you love Duffy, the Duff, man? I always love the Duff. In deeper yeah. leagues, I think he should be owned in 15 <laughs> teamers. Maybe not a must own player in a 12 teamer, but Ventry, he's pitching well right now. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I always thought he was a good pitcher when he first came into the league and you know, he had his ups and downs. He had that one great season. When was that? A couple of years ago? Yeah, it was like three years then he got ago hurt. at this point. Right. So, I mean, he's got stuff. I just feel like not, he's had a, kind of an unlucky career, you know? Things haven't really worked out in his favor. It hasn't been consi- consistent enough either. 
I mean, I would take a chance on him. I would wait a little longer, I think. I want to see more consistency because that was always the issue with him. You know? How about the Yankees yesterday, Greg? I was going to go to the Yankees. but I in first place. They are in first place. I was going to go to the Yankees, but I thought just, just hitting on the Braves and the Brewers is more important because Michael Voltanevich mm-hmm. went... Finally had a good start. He was in the Brewers, too. Six innings, two-run ball. I didn't walk anybody. Struck out three. Only running the allower on two solo shots. Uh, to Christian Yelich and to uh, Kessler here, as we mentioned. And then for the Brew Crew, Brandon Woodruff continues to get it done. He also didn't walk anybody while allowing two runs. Struck out six. The only two runs that he allowed were on solo home runs to Freddie Freeman and Ronald Acuna. Yeah, Brandon Woodruff has just been awesome, and we yeah. spoke about that. Like It was coming for him. You look at the underlying numbers for him, they were much better than his surface ERA. Gets a lot of swinging strikes, and we spoke about this rotation before the season with Nick Pollock of PitcherList, and we said, there's upside here. It's just trying to decipher which one is going to come to fruition. Corbin Burns has some nasty stuff, but he's going to be used as a reliever. Freddie Peralta has bounced back somewhat since he has returned, and uh, he had one game where like he was... He had an opener, and he came in, and he was all right. But I think the answer is definitively Brandon Woodruff of the three. Um, you know, he might have the most might have the most upside in this rotation. And I will say, along with stashing a guy like Hunter Strickland right now, Jimmy Nelson's getting close, Greg. Oh! oh recent oh, yes, start, he is. five and a third innings pitch, eight strikeouts. I'm still stashing him in a few locations. If he's available in your league, I think he's, only, he's like less than 20% owned. Now is the time. Yeah, he, he was only supposed to miss one turn in the rotation, though. Why do you why do you always do this with Jimmy Nelson? Why do you hate him? <laughs> now that good it's, pitcher. Now that it's coming soon, you know, I might jump on. Yeah, I you gotta jump on. Might have to jump on. You needed board. to see this from Fulton Evans too, by the you way. Desperately needed to see it. I mean, look, the biggest key for me again, similar to like a guy like Sandy Alcantara, he has struggled with walks mightily and home runs. Still had the uh, home runs here, but didn't walk anybody. Only three strikeouts. He needs to see more than that, but. It is impressive that he was able to put together a quality start against the Brewers so, of all teams. So you're holding Fulty. Because I got a question from somebody in my, my league. My Not home necessarily. League. Yeah, he texted me. He's like, I'm, I'm losing my patience with Fulty now. But you paid a lot, too, kind of. You know, even though he was hurt, you still drafted him higher than you wanted to. I would probably hold him in keeper or dynasty league because you got him late. So that keeper value is probably going to be good for years to come. But yeah. if you play in a redraft and there's a pitcher that comes along, I don't mind dropping. I, w- I want to thank Matt Modiga for joining us. The closer, Chris Venture, as well. Steve Ciszek, two and a third yesterday, by the way. Let's Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. We, we hope. hope.